Trump actually is uh, convicting himself, you know. Had he just, if had he knew, he's trying. He was trying his best not to get elected when he was running against Hillary, because his plan was not to get elected, but just to run for office. Because that's all he wanted to do. He didn't want to. He didn't want the job. He just wanted the attention. You know, if anything, Trump is the number one comedian of all times. <laughs> because think about it. I, I can't think of one comedian that became president and that tried to overthrow the government. <laughs> you know? Thomas, what's Just, that uh what's that comedian that uh goes like that went super, super hard and he's dead now? Uh Jim Carrey played him in a movie. What's that? Oh, Andy I'm Kaufman. About? Yeah, it was almost like Donald Trump was doing an Andy Kaufman by running for president, <laughs> and then he accidentally became president. Start wrestling women. <laughs> That's what happened. Everything he said, people laughed at it. See him attacking women, attacking Hillary, attacking uh, you know the 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 lady that he raped in 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 the store. To to the people, it's a movie. You see what happened with Trump? this? What kills me, man? He was taught how to act by the Apprentice, you know. And the apprentice, I mean, the Cheech and I were were improvisational actors, and and uh, the guy that uh, taught Trump how to do the Apprentice, he taught him improvisational acting, which is is that you take a real situation, and you film it. That's really what what improv acting is: is that you you pretend you are uh, that something happened that didn't happen. And uh, but you convince everybody around you that it happened, and and, and if you're a good actor, you, you, and that's what those snake salesmen are, you know, snake oil salesmen. You know, they're they're good actors. This will kill you. This will cure you. You know, all you have to do is uh, blah blah blah. Give me a lot of money and and take this little vial. You don't have to drink it. Just hold it to your forehead. And, and and if it work and if it doesn't work is because you're not doing it right, you know. Yeah. All that, all that. <laughs> Holy prayer water. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, I'm, and that's I'm, what uh... we're, we're we're watching that now. But the good news is it's all for a reason, because you know you know here's the thing with, with, with this cracks me up. And by the way, you guys are the only guys I could talk to the, about this with because my wife does not want to hear anything what I have to Likewise, say. Likewise, man. I think we're three of a kind in that <laughs> yeah, regard. My wife too. Yeah, so. They don't want to hear. We're in good company here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I, so I started, you know, as an, as an improv actor, I saw what, what what he was doing to get elected. And so I didn't vote for him, but I thought, wow, this guy can get elected because he, what he did, he turned everything into a play, you know, an acting. And, and so he's got a reason for whatever he's doing because people in their mind, they like him and they don't make excuses for him, you know, like what he is. He's the oldest child uh, of, uh, of a rich, uh, d deranged uh, 
dad that uh, was in the bootlegging business and stealing and robbing, you know, stealing from the government and lying about his taxes. I mean, the guy is... Are we talking about the Kennedys again, or are we still talking about Trump? (laughs) (laughs) And have, uh, Tommy, have you heard about any of the uh, theories on, like, Fred Trump, where apparently his uncle worked for, he was an engineer that was contracted by the FBI to go through all of Nikola Tesla's papers after nikola tesla died and they they raided his hotel room so i'm oh, just yeah. curious have you ever heard that because that's also a no. part of this trump lore no no i know i never i i i got i might have but i, I don't remember it. no it just no, it, it adds on to the idea that he might have come from not just like a a silver spoon in the mouth but he might have had like a tesla coil in his back pocket or some kind of knowledge of you know infinite energy or something no, t- uh, Trump and knowledge don't go together. Man. You know? <laughs> he was a guy that was Lysol to get rid of the COVID, remember? Is there any redemption arc? Uh, not a realistic one, but is there is there one that could even exist for him? Or is he so far gone? And no, he's, he's, he's a sacrificial lamb. Do you, do you know what the sacrificial lamb is? Yeah, to to absolve guilt for the uh, the masses, you. you but I mean, in real in, in, in real real time, it's they they kill a lamb, they kill you know for food. But I mean, they they say all the evil goes into the lamb, and then they kill the lamb. That's a sacrificial lamb, you know, or, or scapegoat. Scapegoat is the same thing, you know. They they blame everything. Or witches. That's why Trump always blame witches. Because he he really believes that it's the witches that uh, and <laughs> what he doesn't really understand is that he's the witch. <laughs> Think about it, <laughs> because he's the guy that ruined his life, his own life. He's he cries about it. And he says, "Hey, I had it made. My life was perfect. So why did you like Howard Stern asked him, "Are you nuts? What are you running for president for?" It's stupid. You got the best life you could ever have now. And once you run for president, this is what Howard told him. He says, they're going to find out everything about you, all your back taxes, all the rape, all the stuff that you've been doing. But he couldn't help himself because in his mind, when he got elected, he thought, oh, I really am that guy. You know, now that's why he's talking about those uh, QAnon Lines, not no. He's posting those because he really believes he is the you know the second coming of the of the whoever you know the yeah, the, the God Emperor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah we yeah, were talking yeah. about that last night actually about Donald Trump, like how much he kind of gave up in a in a sense. Like the American public loved Donald Trump. He was yeah. like a figure of pop culture. He was like in movies. He was in music videos. He was in wrestling. He was like beloved. And like a weird way, like he was like the weird uncle, but everybody loved him. And then more than half the country can't stand him and hates his guts now. And the people that love him have doubled down and they love him for all of his faults and all the terrible things he's done. And (laughs) it's just wild. Remember Jim Jones, the cult leader? People's Temple, yeah. The the, the Kool-Aid guy that had everybody Kool-Aid? That's what we're dealing with, except... Yeah, right, right, right down to the Kool-Aid. Because you gotta, you gotta know this. He Trump, Trump, everybody that votes, he hates everybody that supports him. 
He actually hates. He loved Hillary's life and the way she was. That's why he had a knocker reputation because that's the only thing we have on on this planet. And when people start lying about your reputation, it's they're really committing a sin against themselves, bearing false witness. You see, all all the rules of the, of the humanity has been written down, and these rules. Are set in stone, whether you believe them or not. You know they're set in stone. If you break those rules, you will suffer the consequences. And the consequences now is what what Trump suffering, because right now there, he was dangled. You know he was the leader of the free world for for a few years, and after he messed that up royally, you know. But you got to remember. What we live in a, a physical universe, and we only learn from our mistakes. You don't learn from it, your your perfection, like when a golfer shoots a, a, a fifty nine or something, you know, and they ask him how did he do it, they got to admit that well, it really wasn't me. Something took over and and brought me to where I am. You see, so we are ruled by the unseen by the by the spiritual world but there are laws that in there like the ten commandments you know they're they're the commandments they're not suggestions you see and the commandments like like when i was growing up we we had a a wood stove you know outdoor plumbing but we had a wood stove and the first rule of the wood stove is don't touch it it's hot it will hurt you it will burn you did and you ever touch it? Was, uh, no, no, I never did. No, no, I, I understood. I'll tell you what I did do one time when I was when I was a kid. I was, when I was really young, <clears throat> I, I was in a hospital, and then because we were so poor, my dad had just came from the army, uh, from the war, Second World War, that uh, and he was sick. Uh, he had problems, and my mother had TB. And so uh, the three of us, my kids, you know, my brother and my sister, younger sister, we were put in a home. And once we got in the home, there was uh, the laws that would uh, um, govern uh, how, how you, how, you uh, how it worked. And how it worked was the big, find a big kid. This is me because I never had my brother or anybody there, no family. So what I would do, find what I did, uh, you know, just automatically is find the big kid, <laughs> you know, that sort of is getting ready to leave the home, and uh, and hang, hang hang close to him, and that way you're safe, you know. And, and so I forget what the question was. Do you remember? Oh, what well, we'd ask we were, if you'd ever touch the wood stove. We were talking about. Yeah, we were just man. playing jazz. We're just playing yeah. jazz, man. And and you just you just mentioned when you were sent to that home. I remember when I read in your I Chong, you said that you showed up and they just immediately took all your clothes and all your comics. And I was yeah. just curious. I'm a I'm a comic book uh, fanatic. Uh, I've been publishing oh, yeah. comics of my own for like ten years. But I was wondering, do you remember what comics you were reading at the time, or like what your favorite comics were around then? They were, you know, Shazam, Captain America. There was uh, Wimpy. Uh, do, you, do you remember? Do you have Wimpy? Popeye. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say Popeye, and then he had a... W- Wimpy uh, was his friend that was always eating the sandwiches. Uh, hot, hot, hot dogs. Uh, yeah, hamburger. Right. <laughs> hamburger. Right, yeah. He was a hamburger freak. I figure out all that were like sales thing pitches. You know, to sell, to sell hamburger, uh, hamburgers. And Popeye was... Uh, what was his thing? Uh, spinach. Spinach. Yeah. spinach, yeah. Eat your spinach. They still sell that. They still sell Popeye spinach in the store to this day. Yeah, yeah. You see... Now, that's my theory about, uh, like you said, comic books. See, that was the medium of the, that was the television and the iPad of the of the day, you know. My dad, the reason I had a comic book collection was my dad, when he visited the hospital, he always bought me comic books. And then when, my, when we finally got our house, uh, when my dad would go on road trips, he was a truck driver, he would come into our, our bedroom and pick out, a handful of comic books take with him because he was a big comic book uh, uh, hero of aficionado. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, my favorite part about comic books that I think you still can't even compete with an iPad or or you know any sort of other technology because even if you've got an iPad, if it's not a comic book, if you can think of some really abstract, crazy scenario it would still take someone a long time to model it in 3d and make a whole like video out of it. But if you just got a pen and paper, you can make something that would cost hundreds of million dollars of CGI with just the pen and paper. And there's still yeah. no other medium that lets you do that. So efficiently nope. that I know. No, no comic books. That was our, our connection, by the way, I, I consider art as God's way of talking to us. You know, that's how we communicate with but, each other. In the I Chung, you mentioned that it might even be sound. That sound and like vibrations and frequency could be sort of like the ultimate origin in some capacity, right? Yeah. Well, in the beginning was the sound, and the sound was uh, you know God. You know, yeah. Well, there was never a beginning. That, that that it was always in the in the Bible. If you look at it the way I look at it now, the Bible it's the beginning of intelligence beginning of of wearing of awareness and so when you put down you know adam and eve and you know and or or noah the the story of noah the the flood that really is a very homophobic kind of uh story because well, and the, the, the mark of cain yeah he walked in on noah and got you know smited for it <laughs> yeah and and oh yeah and then he uh, in, in in the story of noah noah had his way with his father. So there was a very homosexual uh, theme. Yeah, this is the, the curse of Ham you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then remember, he had all the, the animals, two by twos, a male <laughs> boat. And a they were getting freaky goat. on that boat. <laughs> yeah. Anything and goes when you're on international waters. <laughs> yeah, they had them all on the, on the, on the, on the ark. And the ark made it through the flood, but no one, everybody's looking for it now. Oh, they found the ark on the Mount Sun. So <laughs> I just, I just, I just love. Well, the Bible was written by really good writers. I mean, you know, they they still the the movie people still you know get stories from from the Bible. You know, from because this really is the story of humanity. And and if you read it, and and if you read it with with the knowledge uh, 
of of reality of what really is, you know. Because the great thing about us humans, we've been blessed with this this sort of uh, yeah. It's like uh, I can't think of the word. We're 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 so special in in, in the scheme of things, you know. We're as godlike as you're going to get. You know, because we can talk about God, you know. I can't think of any animals, intelligent animals, you know. I've been watching uh, the the elephants and how how intelligent they are, incredibly warm-hearted and, and loving. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's it just, it shows you there is only one God, and which means there is, God is life. And so there's only life, and and then there's the other side, you know, non-life. Have you experimented with a bunch of different religions? Like, have you gone through and and tried a, a few out and tested out? It's more grew? like uh, not experiment. It's more like examine, examine them. Yeah, and and for the most part, a lot of them are territorial. You know, God wanted us to have this land, you know, and nobody else. <laughs> you know. But yet, then, but the Arabs, uh, you know, that's what God was discovered in in, in the desert by Jewish shepherds, because <laughs> you know you're out there with the shepherd every night. There's no one to talk to except God, you know. <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, uh, it was uh, according to uh, the research that I've done. You know, they uh, they were the first that tribe were the first to acknowledge a spiritual God, you know, and everybody else had up until that point had been worshiping the sun or the rocks or the animals or, you know, something visible and viable. <clears throat> and, uh, and it was, uh, the Jewish, uh, shepherd that said, you know what, we, you know, we can't see that power, you know, and then, then the Bible, the, First Testament and the Second Testament was all uh, you got. You got all, all the folky stuff wound into it too, you know. So it's really good reading. But the, you, when you read the Bible, and and if you're spiritually aware of the power of the Spirit, the Bible is just full of all these little little reminders of of that that spiritual power, which is all power. And uh, and it's it's fun. I, in, in that way, I yeah. When I went to prison, I would be invited to all the different parties because I was a celebrity. So I hung with the Catholics, and then of course I, my wife is Jewish, so I'm I'm always really close to the Jewish uh, thing. And then, uh, but then I got involved in uh, spiritual, you know, the Buddhism. You know, I could be a, a Buddhist, but you know what I did. I started making, oh, I don't have, I have them here. Yeah, I started making these, these, uh, not a pipes. This is a pipe, obviously, but because I got busted for pipes, I was wearing these around my neck. You know, these are like, uh, <laughs> not a, and I, people say, what is that? I say, well, it's not a pipe. <laughs> and, and so I, I make, so I make not a pipes. And then I, I, <clears throat> <laughs> I, I went further with it. I said, you know what? What we need is a not a church. And we need a not a God uh, to run the church. 
<laughs> not a church run by not a God. <laughs> and, uh, but because I'm not a God, because there's only one God. So, so I'm right. And, uh, it's a play and, and I'm, I'm looking at it very hard to, uh, to further my, uh, inheritance. Is that my legacy? The legacy. Yeah. I, I, I like that idea though. It has like a discordianism feel to it, uh, of like, you know, just kind of like forcing people to look at it in a satirical way of the, not a God, not a church. I love that, man. Is, is that something that's in motion or just the, an idea that you've been playing with? Well, it's the idea, of course, but I've been making these pipes. Like, for instance, I, I, I love to whittle and carve. That's what I did when I was a, a young guy. And so what I come up with now, I come up with these, uh, um, it's a, not a peace pipe. <laughs> it's a club, okay? But it's a, not a peace pipe. <laughs> in other words this is a, a keep the peace pipe yeah <laughs> <laughs> you get it yeah. and what i'm going to do is put make it so you can smoke out of these and, and 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 what in reality it is a club when you go fishing you know and you get the fish on board and you got to keep it from jumping around and hurting you know hurting themselves or whatever you give it a little whack whack it welcome to the boat boom it, so it is a fish <laughs> club, but you know, how many people go fishing with that? But it would be handy. They're handy to have around the house just in case. Oh, just, you know, you get just beating sticks it. in every room <laughs> or well, not a peace clubs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's another one, man. Yeah. And uh, I just love making this stuff man, because it's uh, so much fun, you know. And, I, and I, that's what I love about nature. Uh, my wife and I had a, a little shop. Well, she, she, she cleaned up my garage a little bit, and, and she gave away a lot of stuff. And we got a little um, a marriage thing going where uh, she gives my shit away, I give her shit away. <laughs> and then we argue about it. <laughs> it's like gifting in reverse. Yeah. Why, why did you give that away? I was saving that. <laughs> I, you uh, you mentioned that you like like the outdoors, and I mean, I'm, I assume yeah. that you just a uh, nature lover at heart. And I'm oh. curious. This is going to be a weird one, but have you ever yourself experienced or heard like a really good credible story of Bigfoot or any other sort of oh, yeah. uh, cryptids yeah. out there? I would love I, to I hear did. like what what you heard. I did uh, this really good friend of mine. In fact, he's my brother-in-law in a way you know he goes with Shelby's sister Barry he's a professor at uh, he was a professor at the University of Alberta or uh, British Columbia uh, and he was a logger among other things so he ended up teaching teaching uh, some kind of uh, fitness program at the university but he was a logger and when he was logging he was uh, you know the logs are cut down he was in charge of moving moving the logs and <clears throat> there's a pile of logs long logs are 40 50 feet or whatever you know they're they're there and like piled up like like matchsticks almost you know and uh, and he was standing on one and all of a sudden he felt this the log moving and he thought oh it might be shifted or something 
And so he, he, he looked up and he saw this Bigfoot at the end, like, like bouncing on, on, on the log or pushing it. And uh, he saw that. <laughs> and he turned, turned to look to, to, for the uh, operator of the, of the hoist that was moving everything, you know, to say, hey, look, he's, there's Big, Bigfoot. And he turned and, and the guy that was supposed to be operating everything was running down the hill. <laughs> Bigfoot scared the shit out of him. So he saw it for sure. So, so he went running. Of course, by the time they got the the people in the truck and everything up there, you know, of course, Bigfoot was gone. But yeah, yeah. That, Do you remember that where was, that was at? What part of the country? It was in British Columbia in the, in the interior. May, it might have been on the island, in fact, uh, uh, Vancouver Island, because I think that's really uh, what uh, I, I, I think Bigfoot was. I don't know if they're still around, but he, the you know the climate change, everything could have uh, sent him somewhere. I don't know where he would go, you know, because uh, there was a uh, a tribe in uh, British Columbia. You know, see, the natives in B.C., a lot of them grew very big, very tall because they had the right nutrition. They had the right food. And so there was a lot of uh, big, huge uh, natives in uh, in Vancouver Island. And, uh, of course, they're natives. And so they lived in the bush. And, they, you know, they didn't all live in nice teepees or, you know, log houses. You know, they lived in lean-tos. And they were, they were the first homeless, really. And, and the homeless uh, Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so what they, uh, a couple, there's a sort of like an, uh, not not a club, but they're, they were like rejects. And, and they sort of formed their own little bond or, or whatever it was. And, and they didn't want to deal with, with the outside world. And so they went into the, into the woods. woods. In the, the woods in, in British Columbia, especially near a place called Revelstoke, there was a legend that if you got off the main road and walked 10 yards into the bush, you could get lost because there's no signs, there's no, you turn around, you don't know where the road is. And if you head in the wrong direction, you can go like uh, 500 miles before you come across any kind of, uh, uh, you know, signs of humanity. And I remember it's called the Bend at one time, back in the 50s, because it was a gravel road from, from uh, the, the end of pavement. And it went, the gravel road went for 500 miles. And so it was really, really uh, uh, rough and and, uh, and unexplored because <laughs> who, who wants to get lost? I imagine, you know, did they go? I, I don't know. Hunters would go off in there. And, of course, the natives, na natives, you know, that was their backyard. So, so yeah, yeah, they, there's, there's all sorts of weird stuff out there. No, we're, we're definitely pro Bigfoot uh, here. This is one of our favorite topics. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the what I've heard there, see, the, the West Coast natives, you know, they're the ones that made the uh, the totem poles, you know, the carvings, and the, and the log houses. 
you know, you have to be big and strong. And the boats, you know, they carved boats out of a single tree. And, and so you had, you had to be kind of big and burly to, to, you know, to do that, that kind of work, you know, and, and they, a lot of them were not anymore, not anymore. You know, the, the white man and the alcohol kind of took care of all that, you know, and the white Processed food and the, yeah, the white flour and all the garbage that we, yeah. 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 And, and yeah. Poisoning and people. My, my, my mother, I found, we found out, uh, not too long, a couple of years ago that my mother was, 25 or 20 percent over 20 percent native which meant her mother was half and her, my grandmother uh, my mom's mom she committed suicide when my mother was uh, very young my mother was about seven eight years old i guess and uh, and so my mother never she was taken out of school and put into a domestic situation because because she was native and so my mother always we always knew that she only had a three grade three education and when she would write letters she'd write in a, sort of like that scrawl you know she never was taught and but she was oh she, like i said she was uh 20 native and so she had all the native vibes which she passed to, to me you know the storytelling uh, she would tell us <laughs> stories and and i became a storyteller it's funny because I, I never became a storyteller until I started doing comedy. And I never started doing comedy until I was wow in my 30s, 40s, 30s. Yeah, I guess 30s, 40s, 40s. Yeah, 40, 50. Do you have <laughs> any favorite modern comedians now? Uh, no, I just, whoever I, I see, you know, I just love it. There's a female came on, man. She had the funniest bit. She's talking about the gynecologist going to a gynecologist. And she said, well, first, you know, you had to wait for you. So he put all the instruments into a refrigerator. <laughs> and then she said she laid on the on the cold table, you know. And, and But the worst part about going to a gynecologist for her was shaving her legs. <laughs> she said she had to shave her legs and she's the good news is she lost seven pounds <laughs> <laughs> that might have been the bigfoot we've been looking for <laughs> yeah so so yeah there's there's i love i love comedians and i love new comedians i used to go to the comedy store you know when i first started uh doing stand-up and oh that was the best time of my life man because you, you go there you know it's like you're shopping, you know, for for bits, <laughs> because uh, you know that's that's when you don't have a good writers, you go where the good writers perform, and so I would go there and, and have the best time. Yeah, yeah, yeah doing stand up that was that was one of the most fun eras of my life. God, Tommy, you still ever get up there? Yeah, you know, they get they ask me every once in a while and you know, my wife is she, she's still not talking to me because I quit doing stand up and she was my partner and, uh, and she she wasn't ready to 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 pack it in but no, I I had to because uh, you know, you can only do it for so long and then uh, then you got to really give the stage up to people that need that time, you know. You know, I got to the point where I don't need the time uh, yeah, yeah. I, I hang with a lot of rich people now. 
And rich people are funny because they always want something for their whatever they give you a gift or pick up a tab or whatever. You know, it's just in their nature. And so uh, <clears throat> we went to a wedding. My wife and I went to a wedding in, in New York. A very wealthy friend of ours got married. They spent over a million bucks on the wedding. And uh, part of the perks was that the owner of the Celtics, one of the owners was at the wedding. And so the Celtics were playing the seventh game against Miami. And it was like a big thing. It was almost like the finals. And uh, and so we, he, the owner offered to fly us up to Boston and put us up in, in, a, in a, uh, the oldest men's hotel uh, or club in Boston and, uh, and be there for the game and then stay there for a, a couple of days after and perform at the club. You know, they, they wanted me to do something. They, they always ask, yeah, 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 get up on stage. You want to get up stage, you know? Because they know that, uh, you know, when you hand a comedian a mic, you might not get it back for a day or so. You know? <laughs> and so I, and so uh, they wanted me to do that, uh, to do something. But I got a non-written law with me that if uh, I'm not getting paid to do comedy, then chances are you're going to get a year full of religious or not religious, but spiritual doctrine. And that's what I did. And that's what I did. You know, I, I, I I told them the story. Well, the question, they were, it was almost like Q and a, you know, how did you get started in comedy? You know, so, you know, people always want that. Oh, you know, a friend of mine was on stage and I said, I I can do that. What no, joke do I tell to make me big? <laughs> yeah, it, it was a lot deeper uh, thing than that. What it was is that Cheech uh, left me to go with Don Johnson, you know, uh, and uh, and so I, I I I tried to do a movie, but that wasn't fun at all, you know. Uh, I'm my own movie. It's called uh, Far Out Man. It's, it's not bad, you know. It has a lot of good things, and uh, but then I said, "Nah, you know, I gotta, I gotta do stand up." I start, I used to do a little bit when Cheech and I were together, and I would introduce bits and that, and I, and I kind of, I, I got, I got the vibe, you know. And being an old musician, all you do is you, you, you just learn someone else's stuff, change it enough to make it your own, and that's it. So that's what I did, and, and loved it. Loved stand up uh, because it's it's a craft, you know, and you can have so much fun with it. And that's what I do. That's what I do now. I have a lot of fun with it. But <clears throat> I got heckled by my wife <laughs> <laughs> a couple of times. You know, I don't. I didn't tell anybody what I what I had in mind. You know, I never do when you go on stage. You'd like the surprise. But we, they were honoring me. That's another trick they do with comedians. You know, we'd like to honor you for your service. So they trick you to get you on stage and hand a mic in your hand. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Because they know comedians. You know, they hand them a mic, and then you know you have to pay them to to stop talking. You know, that's why Chappelle and them. You know, they'll do seven hours. You know, if you if you let them. You know, one club owner he just. Walked up to Chappelle, dropped his keys on the stage. 
He said, lock up when you're finished. <laughs> <laughs> it's therapeutic for everybody, right? The, the person doing the jokes and everyone listening, though. So that sounds well, like a seven-hour therapy session. I'd sit it, down it, for Chappelle exactly. for seven hours. I'm not moving. <laughs> I'm yeah, watching every it, minute. It, it, it's, it's therapy. You're right. You're right, exactly. And, and if and if they're not like I said, you know, when when I when my wife and I did stand up, we we made more money selling the merch than we actually did doing the stand up because the merch was all ours, you know, and 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 whatever little club you worked in, you know, they, you know, they they they're limited capacity, so they weren't making a lot of money. You know, it's a it's a tough haul all the way around you know but it's a good life oh my god <laughs> I'd, I'd love to get your opinion on because we were talking about music and comedy and basically just generating art itself do you have any strong opinions on this new wave of like ai generated music and ai generated art do you think it's oh, like a net positive or negative I, I love i love the way the human gets it gets all sort of like oh you know got to be afraid of uh, you know the computer oh that that telephone thing well that's never going to work you know? that'll <laughs> never replace a telegraph <laughs> you know uh, you're speaking no, thomas's yeah. language right now yeah <laughs> so you're generally pro ai or just like not anti technology well people have taken things for granted they take the automobile for granted you know you know i mean once you show them something it's like well well, it's that old joke, you know, where the little kid you know, gets swept out to the ocean and, and the lady goes, uh, please, God, save my boy. And then the wave, next wave brings the boy back on the shore. And, and the lady looks at the boy and looks up at the God and says, he had a hat. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the kind of mentality that cracks me up. You know, AI, come on. It's a human that invented it, you know, that discovered it. It's not invented. You didn't create it. You discovered it, you know, and it's always been there. And, 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 and yeah, you know, that's why people are still confused about God. You know, they think <clears throat> oh, God is something that they can control. You know, God, make him stop. You know, it's it's. It's but but and and I think one of the reasons is, yeah, it just come to me. And the reason is is that you're if you do have a knowledge of God, it's a blessing. And if you keep your mouth shut, no one will know, <laughs> and you can get through life pretty easy. But if you get too loud with it, next thing you know. You're the guy that everybody will blame shit on, you know, and eventually, <laughs> <laughs> eventually take you out. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's the, the way we are, you know, especially with AI. AI, of course, we need AI, you know, because that, that's the next future. And then what they're going to do is AI. What's the next AI? <laughs> so AI will tell you what the next one is coming you know? because there is coming because all it is is more information, more things that you can do with your phone. Come on, there was a time when the phone, the only thing you could do was talk to somebody else, you know, but now look what you can do with your phone.
Do you ever wish that smartphones didn't exist so that if you went out in 2023 to a party or something, no one no one had anything to distract them? Or do you think that's also something that we can all embrace? I want you to take this into consideration. There's a reason why the commandment says, judge not. There's a big reason. And what is the reason? Is because when you make judgments too soon, you're solving problems that you don't even know exist. You, you're, you think you're solving problems. And what you're doing, that's really like a Trumpy. I don't, I don't care what he does. I'll vote for him. Why? Because it's easier to listen to his bullshit than to listen to anybody else's bullshit. Because he, he hit a nerve. Da, 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 you know what I mean? And so His, so his is gold covered shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean... You can look at Trump, and 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 that's why I, I, I study the the reactions of people because people we can divide people up into two camps: those that know and those that don't. You see, and that's the way life is. And you got to be very careful. I do. I got to be very careful of who I share my 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 epiphanies with. I won't say knowledge because they're just epiphanies that I get. And I got to be very careful. That's why I, I will do these podcasts and, and gladly do them, you know, because the, all the other times I, I got to keep my mouth shut because people are going to find out. They're going to find out for themselves. Oh, that wasn't the right road. You know, I went all the way down there and I, I got lost. And I got in a lot of trouble and everything else. And then I realized I'm on the wrong road. And so they had to go all the way back to the beginning and take the right road, at least what I think is the right road. You see, we're all here to learn. And there's no limit to anybody's ignorance, as we see, you know. So, I mean, the, why, why would a guy uh, in, where was it, in uh, Philadelphia, all of a sudden decide, uh, time to kill somebody? And so he'll take a, his AR or whatever he had and went out and start shooting random people on the street. Yeah. And I mean, so if you're asking me, I usually err towards uh, MK Ultra CIA programming when it goes down that route. The the CIA, or the, or the, some some uh, you know lingering program that is left over from that 1950s 1960s era of F SSRIs and uh, yeah, basically like programming and not maybe not like they kidnapped somebody and programmed them and sent them out there but the residual training and the, the techniques that they developed by the military i feel like they've kind of escaped the uh the laboratory and now they're out in popular culture and all of those things are just affecting on a much bigger scale but again we're i'm a conspiracy theorist at heart yeah yeah well that's that's what i'm saying you know yeah i mean that's that's what we all are we're all conspiracy theorists, you know. How did that happen? I don't know. Well, even even the ones that, like myself, that say, "Well, it was meant to be," you know. Obviously, there's going to be repercussions of that, uh, you know. And we're going to find out what they are, you know. Uh, for instance, you know the the massacre at uh, one of the schools. I forget Parkman. There's so many now that you can't really keep track of them. But uh, the the was it the brother of one of the victims? You know, David. He, he became a big activist because that's a that's the other the, the uh, David Hogg you're talking about. 
Yeah, David Hogg. Yeah, he became an, an, an activist and he's got a life, life work ahead of him, you know, that he was picked, you know, because of that. Uh, yeah, well, that's, that's how you learn, you know, trial and error, trial and error in the physical universe. And, and I was going to say, you got to be careful. Uh, because, spoiler alert, like my son, if I see a show on TV that I like, you know, I'll tell my son, he'll say, just tell me what's the name of it and shut up. Don't tell me anymore <laughs> because I have a habit of spoiler alert, you know, because I'll see something and I remember it and I'll blab the whole thing. And then it's like, well, with cheese, well, why, why should I watch it now? I, I know what's going to happen. Well, that's the lazy guy's thing, you know, with me, I'm a, because I'm a movie maker, you know, I can see the same movie over and over and over again. And to get something new out of it each time I see it, you know. Yeah. But a lot of people can't. But what we have to realize is we're in the middle of learning. And because, you know how climate change has, has gone fast, you know. Our learning curve has to get faster. You know, we, we can't keep doing the same Santa Claus routine, you know, uh, every year without, uh, we can't ignore what's going on in the physical world anymore, you know, like we have been, you know. And, and by ignoring what happens, you find someone to blame. Oh, that's the Democrats, or that's another Republican, or you know what I mean? We find someone to blame. And what happens is that, so the burdens of, of what, how to fix anything is off us. You know, it's on them. Why do you call it that the Santa Claus routine? Ritual. Okay. Yeah, it, it's just it, like it, a, an annual it, thing that you just go through the motions. It's a ritual. to keep the kids, have something the kids to look forward to. And then if you got enough money, you buy a shitload of presents that are useless as can be, you know, you know, anytime I see those plastic uh, playgrounds in, in a, in a yard, I, I look at it. There's some lazy motherfuckers <laughs> 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 because you got the best playground in, in parks <laughs> where the kids should be, you know, uh, you know, uh, interacting with other kids, you know, I mean, that's just me, you see, but yeah, yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it, we're, we're in a learning thing, it, it, and that's what I am. I, I'm still learning. And and when I had to stop doing stand-up, or first of all, I had to stop doing the Cheech and Chong show because we just got too old, you know. We went from young guys playing old guys to old guys <laughs> trying to play, trying to get young enough to play old guys. <laughs> and, and it's time to move on. Life never stops. That this world keeps turning, you know. And so you got to look at the next, next thing, and next thing. So what I I've, I've been doing now, you know, I do a lot of cameos, <clears throat> and happy birthday wishes and happy Father's Day stuff, and and I give advice and I tell, especially people as they get older. I says, you're coming into one of the greatest times of your life, where you're not dependent they don't de no one depends upon you you know you're just that's you're, an interesting you're, way to look at it yeah yeah yeah
And so, so you can now, you can concentrate on enjoying your life. You know how they say stop and smell the roses or smell the coffee? Yeah, you can do that. And I've been doing that. Now, I just got told by my wife yesterday, we're going on a 10-day vacation. And it kind of sent chills through my body. Oh, fuck. I don't want to be away from this for 10 days. <laughs> I got it made here, man. I sleep as long as I want. I get up, eat now you're going to have an itinerary. I yeah. <laughs> I, I, I take the, my big job is to take the dogs for a walk <laughs> and clean up their shit, which I do. And then, you know, my mind is always creating. So I find creative ways to do a, a, a shorter walk. And what it is, there's a hill right behind my house. So I, I take the dogs, and they don't like it. But they, oh, fuck, we're going up that hill again. <laughs> so, so we go up the hill, and, and they do their job, and they do their business. And I get my heart rate started, you see. That's a whole a whole idea of longevity uh, always starts and ends with the heart. And so you keep the pump uh, working. You know, and you got to do the, the heels. That's what I found out. I, I read somewhere there's the oldest people on the planet were in, a, a, I think, a Russian village or something where they had to walk down a mountain to get the water. And they did that every day. And so the uh, people there that are over 100, 120 years old, you know, because of that. Or all, the, all, the, all the extra lifespan was just them walking up and down the hill, though. <laughs> well, it's to, it's to, to uh, get their heart, uh, keep your heart healthy, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, but so, so that, that's what you want to do. Yeah, you you want to be, uh, this is what I learned, you know. If you want to be happy, you got to have a you got to be healthy, you know. It's hard to be happy when shit hurts, you know. So that's my that's what I found out. So uh, and that's what I kind of kind of basically do, you know. Just give advice to old people, and one of my advice too is is enjoy the perks that comes with the getting old. You know, people open doors for you. People get up and give you seats. You know, don't 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 try to be a hero. Say, oh yeah, that's okay. You know, no. Sit down, <laughs> take advantage. I love it. Yeah, in, in prison, uh, when 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 I first got into it's a camp, you know, and when I went in there, I met these old guys, and they're all carrying around little uh, cushions, little foam rubber cushions, you know, uh, homemade, you know, just cut a piece of foam. And at first, I, I couldn't figure out what they were doing. Oh, then I realized. In fact, I asked, and they said, "There's no soft place to sit in prison." And, and what old guys do, because we didn't have to work, we have to get up, clean our cell, and then go find somewhere to sit. <laughs> and so these guys uh, had the foam, you see. And, and when they left, when their sentence was up, they would give the foam to whoever was staying there. And uh, so I got a couple of foams. <laughs> but, you know, getting old and, and uh, appreciating you know, it's it's been like you're really on the last leg of a marathon or a, a relay race. You're on the last leg and, and you're way ahead of everybody. So you don't have to run that hard. In fact, if you want it, you can walk and still win. So that, <laughs> that's that that's where I'm at now. Yeah. And you are, you have that baton to pass as well. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, I, I'm I got it made, you know, and I'm married to one of the most gorgeous women on the planet, and uh, uh, that's another part of my rap too. You know, I tell people, I said, there is a God, and He really likes me. Yeah. People say, how do you know that? I said, well, have you seen my wife? <laughs> and that's the end of that conversation. You know? Is Are you a reincarnation guy? Like, is there going to be a Tommy Chong version 2.0? Uh, or like, what do you think? You know, what's what's your big idea of what comes next? Well, it's what I know. Um, life never ends, you know. It, it never ends. If it did, it would, be, it would have been over a long time ago. Uh, no, we're in a uh, what do you call it? Uh, eternal cycle. No, we're in the eternal universe, you know. And and all we do is get recycled every time. Think of a think of a uh, think of us as a car, you know. And if, just think if you had to keep the same body for for eternity, you know, that that would be kind of you know not good. But uh, the spirit is is uh, eternal, and and the people that you're you're with now you've been with before, and probably through eternity. You know, my wife and I. We this is probably another trip that we've been on before. You know, and we'll do it again. It never stops. Have you ever we, done a, a past life regression? Ah, uh, no, no. I for a lot of reasons. First of all, it's not going to help me now, you know, uh, you know, knowing that I was whatever, you know, I think we were for the most part, I think I, I you know, I'm just guessing, but I, I'm quite sure I was a warrior, you know, because uh, when I came out, I you came out like a, like a warrior, not a nerd or not a, uh, an intellectual or anything like that, or a sports guy even, you know. I, I came out. This this trip was music and comedy. That's what I was uh, destined to do, especially music, you know. But not and, and music in a sense where I'm helping people. I'm I'm eventually going to do a um, a, a homage to my uh, people because I've been asked again, you know. Uh, Cheech, you and Cheech are the you know great comedy team of of. of the era, you know, you can't think of anybody else that reached the height set that we reached as a comedy team. And, uh, and so we're, we're, you know, Chish and I are both very proud of it, but we're also very aware of that, that it was back when we were younger and, and now it's a whole different uh, picture, but, but yeah, yeah, I believe in, uh, uh, life after, uh, because death really is just a, another moment uh, when you think about it, you know, like the moments that we have, you know, and like this earth is going through space at a speed of 1,036 miles an hour. And as it goes through space, it's turning. And think about this, every second we're into a new area of space that we've never, we've never been in before. Oh, I got the pool. Oh, they're out there. <laughs> well, they're outside. I had the door open, and now they're outside. 
harassing the pool guy. <laughs> and he, the pool guy is just ignoring him. <laughs> I guess I should yell at him, but I get tired of yelling at him. Oh, he's petting them. They're, they're cool. Tommy, I wanted to touch back on something that you said. I'd never heard this before, that it was the shepherds, uh, like in, uh, like, I guess, um, in the Middle East there, that were the first people to uh, conceptualize a spiritual god. I yeah. think that's a really fascinating idea. Have you ever heard of the theory about, uh, there's a book written called The Mushroom and the Cross. Um, it was about how um, possibly the whole story of Christianity and maybe even some of like uh, spiritual Judaism and stuff like that was, it was all uh, like a, a hallucinatory, like they were having spiritual experiences with psilocybin. And it just made me think of like, you know how psilocybin grows on uh we, on like cow patties out here. I was just thinking maybe, you know, some of the shepherds were finding some, maybe some oh, psilocybin yeah. growing on some of the lamb turds. Some of the, you know, I don't oh, know. Yeah. That's a fun idea. Um, and I, I know that uh, spiritual medicine like that, like uh, for me, psilocybin is what brought me back to Christ. It, it brought yeah. me back to uh, my, to Jesus for me. Um, is, uh, do, you, do you have any thoughts on that? And how has yeah. uh, like psychedelics, has that uh, helped your spiritual practices and things like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It changed my life. It changed my life. I mean, I was, you know, I was going well. Then I got involved in jazz. And there's, it was the jazz musician that turned me on to uh, my first spiritual book, other than the Bible, was uh, uh, The Third Eye by T. Love saying Rampa. And, uh, and it was a story about a, a reincarnated uh, monk, Tibetan monk, that got reincarnated as an Englishman. And he was living in London. And he wrote a book because he, 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 he had the, the gift of the past memories. And uh, so he wrote a book about the third eye, and which was uh, really the, the, the Tibetan uh, theory of, of uh, reincarnation. Because the Tibetans were the only ones until the communist China stopped them, I guess, that would, that could, uh, their, their spiritual leader would be reincarnated. Uh, every every you know, one would die and then uh, they would look for the babies to find out which one, which would, which, who did he came back as, you know? And so I, I got turned on really, really young, uh, to, first of all, to Lob Singh Rampa, and then, uh, then, you know, there's a, a prayer that says, ask, and you shall receive. And so then I started asking questions, you know, well, is there a God, you know, is there a God? And, and the answer started coming. And, 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 and now, I guess the, the spirit world or was uh, ordained that I would do what I did. But I had spiritual help all the way, all the way. Like one time I was in New York, I was walking toward the, to a gym. I had my gym bag and, and I swear to God, this, I'm walking and all of a sudden I got, I stopped, there was nothing to stop me, but I, I stopped, something stopped me and turned me, turned my body and then propelled me toward this, uh, this bookstore. A publishing house, uh, Harper Collins Publishing, and, and I, it wasn't even a bookstore. It was like a publishing house, 
And I walked through the door and I felt that power walk me over to a section of books. And by then I was kind of smiling. I'm kind of, okay, what's going on here? And then I felt something take my hand and put it on the book. And I looked at the book and it was the autobiography of Joel S. Goldsmith. And so then I took the book and went up to the cash and paid it. And I don't think I went to the gym. I, I don't have a memory now, but I don't think I went to the gym. I think I, I took the book and I think I went home and I started reading it. Now I still got it. I still got a version of the book here. Uh, the original book, I don't know where what happened to it, but uh, had you it, heard it, of this book before, or was this the first time no, you'd ever even seen it? Never heard of it, never heard of the guy. Uh, here he is. Here it's called The Master Speaks, and uh, this is can you see it? Yep, yep, yeah. The Master Speaks, it's by Joel S. Goldsmith. And if you go online, you'll find uh, quite a few books that he wrote. He wrote The Art of Meditation. He wrote of all that. No, I'm turn, telling, turning you guys on. I usually don't, you know, unless you ask. And, and because you did ask, uh, I'll, I'll, I will show it to you. You will read it. You, you, you will. He, Joel Goldsmith, explains uh, to, uh, you know, the, the evolved. Because once you, you read his book, a, a, a brief uh, history of Joel. He was a, a Jewish uh, uh, working in the Shmata business, the uh, uh, clothing business. And his job was uh, to get the fasteners for, uh, uh, you know, tailors making clothes and that. <clears throat> and But he he was always searching for, for something. He, he was born a Jew, but he wasn't really into the the Jewish traditional uh, thing, you know, he was, I guess he was raised by his, just his mom. And, and like he was back in the First World War days. And he did a series of, no, I'll, I'll cut the story down because it, it goes on forever. But he, he became a healer. And he became a healer because he went to the, uh, um, he became a reader at the uh, Christian Science Reading uh, you know, the Christian scientist, um, Mary Becker, ba Baker Eddy, uh, she was in charge of this Christian scientist. They were the ones that believed that you could get healed just by prayer. prayer right. Like, they're the ones now they're like going to jail because like their kids will die and they don't give them aspirin or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that they got too, too radical. Well, you know, if you don't, if you unradicalize it, you know, it, it, uh, it may, it makes sense, uh, you know, we're all here to experience different things, you know. And anyway, uh, so Joel, his book just changed my life. It, it, I, I was going in the right direction. And, and I was aware of, of, of the power of prayer. You see, that, that's my biggest. Uh, uh, I simplified everything in my life. And, and that's that, that, that's what God, uh, the knowledge of God does. It, it simplifies. And, and, and once you simplify everything down to its root 
the very beginning. Uh, and it really is the beginning of knowledge, you know, for us. I, I, uh, I, everything, everything in my life, first of all, I, I never, every job I ever had, I either got fired or I, I evolved in, in some way, but I was never in control. You know, I always, and, and this started really young in my life, you know, like, I, like at the home and that where I, I I couldn't depend on any kind of physical power that I had because I never had any. I had to rely on God, basically, you know, and I learned, and so, you know, when you're poor, the only reason you have to dress up is to go to church. <laughs> and, and so every Sunday, you know, we would go to church, you know, just because my mom, you know, she was a very hip lady and aware. And it got the kids out of the house, give them something to do on a Sunday, you know, uh, because in the, in the country, you know, they don't have organized anything. You know, <laughs> just you kids go out and play, get out of here. And so, so Sunday school, I really, it really took, it really took all the stories, you know, especially the story where God is everywhere. And I remember walking out of the church, of the church at night, looking, God is there. Where is God? Okay, God is everywhere. You got to be around here somewhere. And then all of a sudden, I felt myself again, you know, looking up at this, up at the heavens, and that, and it was a clear night, and I could see all the stars and the galaxies and the comets, and and it was like, okay, God, not bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. <laughs> this universe here. But then, I, then as I progressed, I learned how important individuals are, or how important a, a cell, a tiny cell, and everything began, begins with one, and then it gets divided, you know, like a cell, it starts with one, and then it gets divided into two, and then that two gets divided into four, and blah, 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 it goes on and on, and, but it all begins with one, it all begins with one, it's so, so simple. The monad, and, yeah, and when when you do that, and then when you realize, like I, I have, you know, just from reading and, and putting things together, and Goldsmith, the term Goldsmith is really great because he he explains the uh, the mirage that most people live in, and for a reason, because like I say, we're here. Not everybody can be a prophet, or you know, uh, and there's a handful. Every generation has them, but one or two or a handful, you know, just not, not a lot because everybody's here to learn different things. You know, the gardener is going through his karma, the, the, the policeman, uh, the airline pilot, all different, but we're all the same. It's so cool. It's so cool when you have that knowledge. You know, and then you have an empathy. And like, like I said, I've been learning, judge not. And I wanted to, I get, and that, another one, the one I used to use was forgiveness. I had a buddy say, what, what is the secret of, 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 of happiness? And I said, forgiveness. And it's forgiving yourself as well. See, and no regrets. 
I heard a, I watched something on TV or something, and the wise man said, "Don't have regrets. Regrets chain, chain you to the memory of something that wasn't very pleasant. So yeah. eliminate them because it's gone forever. So if you keep your life free of regrets and judge not, think about how important that one is. Judge not. So you see someone." Like homeless, good idea. Now I've got rich friends that ah, oh, they're just you know they don't want to they don't want to work. They just want to live off the people, and you know we're you know taxpayers paying them. In fact, I just watched uh, a thing on uh, on the Turks or something where they 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 find this lady in her organization. They wrote her a ticket for feeding the homeless. Yeah. They do that here in Orlando too. Yeah. Yeah. Priests and pastors full on arrested by the police for feeding homeless people. Yeah. Absolutely. For feeding the homeless. Yeah. yeah because you're encouraging. It's like a priest and they have a pigeon uh, barrier, you know, <laughs> because in some eating places, the pigeons will come and, and they'll create a nuisance. Yeah. Well, feeding the homeless. No, I, 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 I can, you know, the businesses around there, you know, they pay rent and they do that. And some idiot comes and parks his uh, dead ass in there and he waits for someone to feed him. I understand that part of it, you know, but, but it's also, but it's part of the, yeah, I love that. No, the thing about, I don't, I don't take that as a, uh, as a slam. I take it as a, oh yeah, think about it. The police giving people a ticket because, uh, yeah, okay, not to encourage them because, if you keep feeding them, they'll keep coming. You know, <laughs> you're not going to get rid of homeless if you keep feeding them. That's, what That's how you get a cat to. too. <laughs> so, so what you do is what I do with my dogs. You know, if, uh, if you know, uh, more convenient to feed them outside, feed them outside. You know, that's what I do. And I guess with the homeless too, if if you move the homeless thing, okay, you can eat, but you got to be, you got to get rid of all this stuff, you know, and, you know, move your ass out of there. I, I thought of a, of a, a way to get rid of homeless. I might even, uh, I, I've been thinking a lot of cures for, for the humanity, you know, because that's another hobby of mine. And, uh, I thought of one way of, uh, uh fixing the homeless is to, uh, pull out a, a, a permit, a filming permit, you know, in a certain area. Of course, you have to deal with the people that live in that area and say, okay, uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to shoot a movie of the homeless and designate all the homeless camps as a movie site, okay? <laughs> and, and you're going to get paid by the movie company to be in your own movie but when the movie's over, this movie site has to be struck. You have to get rid of the, the, the you know, the, the tents and, the, and all the crap. You have to move them somewhere else. And what I would do with a movie company is that the good actors, you know, they got a job, you know, because just being homeless isn't a crime, you know. And the ones that, you know, are, are want to be homeless, you know, the drunks or the drug addicts or whatever, you know, they have to move. So they, they can't be in certain areas uh, because you've got a, a permit to shoot movies. 
and and you have a, a permission to keep that area clear and so they just do movies of and and that's my theory or that's my uh one of my uh uh, uh solutions for a lot of a lot of problems you know uh, like um, like uh, um, big problem we had in Afghanistan when we quit fighting over there and sending money over there and now that whole area is all messed up you know the women are getting treated really really bad you know like the Taliban you know they're starting their shit yeah we left well, that vacuum and just get filled back up yeah, well, what I what I suggest we do is that we we hire all the people that want to come to America, hire them as movie actors or or working for the movie company, you know, because they're obviously intelligent and, and, and good people, you know, that that need uh, need protection. See, the reason people migrate to America is for protection, you see. When you're in Mexico or in Afghanistan, and you're at the hands of uh, outlaws, you know the, the people. If, if you got something, they'll just take it because there's no law and order. There's no protection, and that's why uh, you know the big migration from the South Americas is because the you know their kids are going to get killed, or you know they're going to get killed, or they're going to get held up, they're going to get robbed, they're going to get brutalized. In, in America, because we have uh, the, the law and order here, you know, they're, they're safe here. You can become very wealthy here. You can't, you can't do that anywhere else without having other thieves come and take, take what you got, you know. So that's, what, that's why our, our system is so popular, is because of the, the safety issue. So, so I've, been, I've been working on these problems, and, uh, and, and, and I think if we do a movie, this is my theory. If you do a movie showing people, because in the old days, that's what they used to do. You know, uh, they had very heart, heartfelt movies. They're still being played today. You know, uh, J J Jimmy Stewart's movie, you know, the, uh, I forget the name of it. But, you know, they're, they're, they're humanity movies, you know, as opposed to, to, uh, to shoot 'em ups and, and, you know, the thrill movies. You know, where you get a get a thrill watching Tom Cruise jump out of an airplane, or or we could do one of these homeless movies, but they all have superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all do, we all do. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? If if you have a movie set, I, there's a lot of things I like about a movie set. It's more than anything, it's a control. And they usually just have one cop because everybody else is really, you know, under control. You got a boss, you got a director, you got, you know, uh, uh, people telling you what to do, traffic, you know, taking care of traffic, where you park, where you, you know, that's that, a movie company, you know, it, it's equipped to do that. And it's also equipped to, uh, <clears throat> to school the young, you know, when I worked on that 70s show, you know, uh, Mila had to go to school because she was only 14. And uh, so they had a school on the set and she went to school and, and she graduated, you know, and obviously did very well with herself. You know? So I, I think the movie, the movie industry is going to play a bigger role, especially with, with my movie, because I, I, I want to start a movie company called uh, 
peace pipe pitchers. Uh, uh, you you guys got a scoop on this because my character, you know, I, I, like you know, has always been comedy and always been you know full of fun and a lot of drugs somewhere, a lot of pot anyway somewhere, <laughs> and 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 it really is their gifts that were given to us to calm and to create, create art. Because that's how we express ourselves with our art. Because making movies is an art. You know, doing, doing a podcast is an art. You mentioned in a, in a podcast that I was listening to recently that you really want to put together a horror movie. Is that, is that still something that's on your, your bucket list? Yeah, yeah, one time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was that guy? Uh, Peel? Uh, Jordan? Jordan? Oh, Jordan yeah. Peel? Yeah. The get uh, get out of here. What was it? Yeah, that get movie? out. And get I think out. Uh, yeah. Um, us and, yeah. Get out. So genius. So genius. And I'd love <laughs> to do a. I'd love to do a Bigfoot uh, uh, horror movie. You know. Oh, where's oh. the Kickstarter for that? I'm in, man. The Tommy oh, Chong really? Bigfoot horror movie. I mean, oh, there's nothing better you, you could put. <laughs> oh, that'd be so great. Yeah, I got some really good ideas for movies. I always have. You know, that's one of one of my talents. You know, I can conjure up so many movies. Well, like I did Up in Smoke, you know, or Nick's movie, or Corsican Brothers, or all that. That's me. That was me. I was one of the reasons Cheech and I broke up, you know, because uh, when we did the movie, it was Tommy Chong. <laughs> you had to go Tommy Chong way or, or no way. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why Cheech ended up doing uh, Born in East L.A., you know, without me, you know, because if I had put my, my little stamp on it, it would have been a whole different. Tommy Chong in East L.A., that would have been the title. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I appreciate everything, man. I really do. You know, when you're there's there's no negative. Uh, I mean, you got to learn to work with negatives. You know that. See that I just see uh, epiphany. That's what puts humans above the the, the animal world for sure. You know, uh, is that we we can we can. We're not just one 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 note samba. You know, there's a lot of different areas ways because we are special we can go different ways and 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 we can change on a dime you know and create who created ai by the way it didn't come out of mars or some other galaxy it came out of earth well that depends on if we're living in a simulation right now or not well no of course no this is very real no, no simulation. Yeah, you're you're convinced that that we're in a reality right now, and it's not simulation. Of course, it's all new. It's all new. There's, you know, you think we're repeating something. We're not. No, just like, like I said, the Earth is moving really, really. Since we talk, since we've talked, we've moved a few miles in in, in the universe into new areas. The world's turning. And, and all this is going on while we're talking here, you know. So, so there's nothing new. <laughs> this is all—it's all been done, but it's been done and redone. And like, 
We're going around. The I don't even know the path that the, the, the that we're on. Our galaxy is on, in relationship to the rest of the universe. But but that that's what's going on right now, right now as we're talking. So so our our reality is a lot lot more intricate, more involved than what it seems to be. And like you said, you know, it's a are, is this reality? Yeah, of course it is. I think it's refreshing for someone to have a conviction with that answer. I actually love that. Thank you, Tommy. <laughs> no, I I've been blessed, and I've been. That's why I get. I keep talking, uh, getting uh, uh, Zoom calls and, and uh, podcasts. You know, because I, I I know. See, it's not me. It, it, it's it's the power within me. And I'm at that age now where I don't have to, it, right now, everything is gravy. Everything is beautiful, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm on the, the last leg of a marathon or, or the, the relay race. And I got that baton in my hand and I'm ready and I'm not running that fast. I'm, I'm <laughs> slowed down to a walk. <laughs> the, the orthopedic running shoes on. Yeah, and then when I yeah when I when I hand it over, it's going to be gentle and just to hear, and it, it may not be to a very I don't know who it's going to be to, but but anyway, it, it'll be another me. That, that I guess that's what it is, you know, because I know I've been told. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. I've been like I, I'm 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 a, a carver, but not just for fun just for 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 things to do so i started carving these guys now can you see it it looks yeah. a little like a like a omek yeah see him it almost it looks reminds like me of the, the guy too. from uh from mario brothers that that, yeah. that smashes you <laughs> well i don't know why they end up looking the, the way they do i've never carved it before there's nothing I, I, I copy or anything, but but I keep coming up with these guys, and and they're like, they're 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 kind of, well they are my babies, you know, it doesn't take a lot of effort, and and I can tell how old I'm getting because my eyesight's changing, and so as I carved these, I found another bunch of carvings that were, I guess that these are them. They were in in uh, in the basement, and uh, and I'd carved another box here. <laughs> I got so many of them. Now now, why am I carving these guys? I really like this guy. This this guy is uh, is is very special to me. I don't know why. He's he's bigger and he's made out of oak, but uh, got like a tiki look. I think what it is, it's it's ancestors, and and, and I'm I'm telling their story. I, I'm telling their story, I, and, and I don't know what the story is yet. See, I get I, I get messages, and I, I get told what to do. All of a sudden, I find myself doing things, you know. So so I'm really hooked in, and it looks like it's a native of the world that I'm hooked into. You know, then you ever feel of... like you're you're channeling something like you've 
yeah, almost yeah. been like possessed by like another entity. Well, not possessed, more uh, suggest than possessed. You know, it's uh, like a gui- uh, guiding it, hand more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gentle and beautiful and, and sweet and music and like lately, I've been listening to uh, Unchained Cha- on, on Melody on on my phone. And, and it's uh, on chain melody, uh, people's reaction to the song, hearing it for the first time. And I've been doing it I've been now almost a week now, maybe longer. And I, I play them I, I, because I love that song anyway. And I'm practicing that song. And it's like a vocal exercise for me. Because at first I couldn't hit a lot of notes. And now I'm, I'm starting to hit the notes. <laughs> and uh, again... It's, it's 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 divine somehow you know it's serendipity I've been I've been in fact my iPad even talked to me the other day you know I was struggling away and then all of a sudden Siri says why don't you record what you want me what you want to type <laughs> and I'll type it. It said that to me, man. Now, was I in, did I imagine it? That computer talked to me, dude. <laughs> it's so crazy. Because, I, you know, I, I kind of isolated myself now. Uh, you know, because we're, we're not uh, performing anymore. And so I've kind of isolated into my, into, into my space here. And I, I, when when my wife uh, gave away my my hoarding stuff, I just started telling her, you know, that I don't have any place. And then she pointed out that I've got two rooms, and in a in a garage. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. I, oh, that's another thing. Another epiphany I had is when you get older, you got to become your own entertainment. You know, because really, no one really cares what old people have to say or do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the only one that, that really listens to is yourself. And so you can have a lot of fun, you know, and, and I do. I, I do. I laugh. Like, like making these things, making these guys, you know. Why? Why am I doing these? What, what's up? And then I realized, uh, you know, the not a pipe. See, the, 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 that's what these are going to be. And they're also going to be bongs, too. Not a bong. Uh, unbreak, un, unbreakable bongs. But, uh, yeah, man, my, my life now, is, it's, it's exciting. Because, because uh, I really, I, I'm so in, in touch that, that, you know, I even, well, like I, I, like I said, I got heckled by my wife. At, at at the club, the Boston club that I that I I played at. All oh, these dogs. Hey, stop <laughs> it! Oh, now they're barking at, at my wife's inside. I'll close the door. <laughs> okay, they're out there. Okay, guys, I guess we've been on a while, so I yeah. guess I better. I better. I, I like this soul, by the way. Yeah, I appreciate Tommy, you so much, man. Back anytime. 
Yeah. And honestly, yeah. it feels more like uh, I mean, I know you're you're a celebrity and you've got all these accomplishments, but it it feels even more unique because it almost like you're an archetype, right? Like Tom, like like the archetype of what a Tommy Chong is feels like it's gonna outlive anyone that that I even know. And it's not necessarily <laughs> It's not like Tommy Chong the person, right? But it's like the actual archetype. And I feel like there could yeah. be more Tommy Chongs out there. Like you kind of set a set a mold or reestablish the mold. Well, you know, there's been when you check out the Goldsmith book, you, you'll you'll see where I come from and where he what he did. Uh, you know, he, he was a very ordained uh, sort of serendipity uh, life that he had. I won't spoil it for you, but you'll you'll read it, and then when you start uh, getting in, you get more into his 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 attitude, you know, and uh, and, and that's where I am totally. I mean, there's I couldn't get any more, you know. And, and by the way, I love the computer. You know how the computer you start watching something, then all of a sudden the, the computer gives you more to watch, more. To watch. <laughs> Talk about entertaining yourself. That's the the ever oh. uh, that's the fountain of uh, everything. That's what I'm saying. This phone, man. I don't want to go anywhere. I mean, we're going to Sicily, and we're going to be gone for ten days. Now, I, last night I was uh, not happy, and then today I'm looking at. Of course, what, what have you got to do for ten days other than you know? That's a that's a that's a, a treat. Sicily, man, that's where a lot of the stuff start, started, you know, and and uh, I'll find lots to do. It's just that my 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 grandson, my granddaughter, actually, she was been in uh, Jakarta or Indonesia with her dad and her mom, and and I miss them terribly, you know, because my she's the youngest uh, granddaughter I got, and she's she loves grandpa and she loves her grandma. And she is, she's going to be a little actress because she's got a, she's got a phony laugh now that my wife and I go, she goes, <laughs> such a phony laugh. And, and she's, she, she's such an entertainer. Like she'll have a, a fit. And, 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 but she'll look at me to see if I'm listening because she likes to hear my comments because I'll tell her, <laughs> I'll tell her dad, Oh, she's, she's going to be a singer. You hear that? She can hit those high notes. And right now she's practicing her vocal cords. <laughs> and, and I look at her eyes and I can see that she absorbs all that, you know? And so then she, no, no, uh, she was when it was when she was in her two, she would have these tantrums and she would scream and she li literally hit high C and beyond. It, with that you know and of course you know that's a kid's uh <laughs> she's got <weapon>. perfect pitch <laughs> well that's your yeah she yeah she, that's your weapon you know when they uh what, you know they can't do anything but they can scream and they can clear a room in a <laughs> heartbeat well i miss her you know i'm gonna miss her now. but they'll be back for four days i think and then we're gone but i just i just gotta suck it up and enjoy being rich you know because that's what suck it up and enjoy sicily man <laughs> yeah enjoy being rich and, and you know that's what it is yeah i don't have to worry about hotels or why i'm there i mean it just the, 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 i'm like those rich fucks you know hey let's go 
hey, let's go to Sicily for 10 days. Oh, okay. You know, that's what we're going to do. So, so we'll do it again anytime, man. Thank you so much. I'm going to read that book and, and uh, yeah, we'd definitely so. like to talk more about it. It's going to, it's going to change your life. And yeah, I, I give you, I'll give you another hint. He mentions other books in that book. Get those books. Emmett Fox is one of them. Uh, in fact, it's the only one I, that I can remember now. So Emmett Fox and, uh, and Joel Goldsmith. Well, we'll, it will enlighten you. You know, once you once you read that, absorb that, now you're going to go, oh, I get it. It's like you're in a band, you know, and someone tells you, uh, you know, you're you're not just jamming. You're playing a tune. But what's a tune? Oh, it's this tune. And, and then they hand you the sheet music and then you go, oh, OK, I, I know where I'm at. And that's what that book does to you. And but every word is 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 a gem, especially the one that says, uh, you know, don't think you can use this to further your own, uh, start a cult or to start anything, you know, because it's, it's knowledge that you've got to be very careful with, because people have to find out what it's like themselves, you know, like eating an ice cream cone, you can't describe that to anybody else that will make sense, you know, unless they're starving to death and you're going, mm, this is really good, mm, you know. Uh, eating your, an ice cream cone is something that, that's a solo <laughs> job, <laughs> you know, that you can enjoy yourself and you should. And so, <laughs> like I'm saying, you know, be careful who you give the knowledge to. I, I liken it too, it's like, going up to a perfect stranger and giving him advice to how to get to Disneyland, you know, and without any knowledge that he ever wanted to go to Disneyland or give a shit about Disneyland. So that's what a lot of people that are, you know, that, that they, they want to spread the word, you know, and so what they do, they'll waste, they'll put their seeds in, in on fertile soil. And it won't grow. Per pearls before swine for another uh, Bible verse, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Okay, guys. Love you. Love you Love too, you. Tommy. Thank, Thank you so much, man. Okay, man.